Today, I want to talk uh, uh, about an area specifically, of course, all of our themes center around prayer. Um, and this one is going to narrow in on something very specific. So if you have your Bibles and whatever platform you're using it, uh, your phone, your iPad, or your regular Bible, um, turn to 2 Timothy 1. And I want to read a passage uh, this morning or this afternoon. Um, and uh, again, zero in on something very specific uh, that I hope that will uh, be both a, um, a, a blessing, but also give us as believers a burden uh, for our prayers. And so I'm going to begin here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. And Paul, he is, uh, of course, starting out by greeting uh, Timothy, and he says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. Without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God have, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I want to share with you a, uh, like I say, a burden that the Lord has placed upon my heart. And I know probably um, most pastors and especially the pastors who are on here as well. And that is, uh, I, the Lord has laid on my heart a burden for praying for the younger generation. And I think, you know, it was interesting to me in my own personal study through this a few days ago that Paul obviously has an interest in the younger generation. Uh, Timothy was his young son in the faith, his protege, if you will. And we note here that as he begins this epistle, he, he says, Again, without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. And in fact, that's not the only thing he, he says. Of course, there's a couple other things. He reminds Timothy of his godly heritage. Uh, and, and of course, that's something that we should do ourselves if the Lord has, has uh, uh, given us that gift in our lives or the lives of others. Uh, he, he encourages him in this small passage to use his spiritual gifts that God and the Holy Spirit has endowed him with. And so, uh, again, I, I was struck by the fact that here is an older man. In fact, of course, uh, as, as you know, with your biblical knowledge, um, Paul is coming to the end of his life. He's an older man. And here this older man is taking the time to be concerned about the younger generation. And I hope you are, too, because they, they are uh, the, the next generation that is going to, as we say, uh, bear and carry the torch for the Christian faith. And there is so much in our world, in our society, in our culture that is pressuring them to do anything but that. And again, I don't think there's any new sins. There's not any new things that under the sun. But I think the difference in our day is that the, the pressure um, from uh, uh, from social media and all of these things that we have that can be used as a gift is oftentimes used for the exact opposite, and so they they are they are pressured uh, in, in ways that are unprecedented in our time. And so again, 
I hope that that we will pray specifically like Paul did for the younger generation. And I want to just share with you for a moment before I close some examples of why we need to do this, whether we're in the United States or elsewhere. But I want to give you an example of why we should pray specifically for the younger generation. There is a survey that is done every two years here in the United States. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's called the State of Theology. And it's done among conservative Christians and evangelicals. They do it also in the UK. And um, I tend to pay a little attention to that. Um, And it's, it's very interesting that we see there are increasing concerns Uh, based on these surveys about where doctrine is headed. And uh, let me just give you some examples of some statements from this survey. And and again, maybe it will burden your heart uh, as it has mine. But uh, they will give statements, and then they, they survey the responses to that of whether they agree with the statement or they disagree. And here's the first one. Uh, It's the statement that says God learns and adapts to different circumstances. 48% of Christians agreed with that statement. Um, Again, that's that's a dangerous precedent um, uh, that God adapts. No, God is immutable. He's changeless. And uh, again, it's very alarming. Um, Here's another one. Uh, The statement in the survey said everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. 65% agreed with that. Uh, Evidently, you know, the teaching that um, for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God isn't really being taught as it should. Uh, Here's another one. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. 53% agreed with that, over half. Um, And... Here's another one. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 56% agreed with that statement. And again, keep in mind that we're talking about um, Christians, uh, conservative Christians, or at least they call themselves that. Um, And here's the last one. I I don't want to bore you, but um, here's the last one. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 43% agreed with that statement. And when you start delving into it, keep in mind that in each of these statements, among the ages of 18 to 34, the percentage points were higher, higher in the agreeable response. And so again, I just say all that to say, um, look, folks, we have a job to do, and that is we need to be praying. We need to be uh, having a burden for the younger generation, just like Paul did. And uh, again, I, I hope that this, and, and this was not intended to discourage any of us as believers, but rather to, again, like I've been saying throughout, to have that prayer burden and to be busy about our Father's business uh, in, in regard to the younger ones that we have uh, in our churches. Maybe you know them in your workplace, or maybe they're your neighbors. But we need to be praying for them. And I want to give you five things real quick, and then I'm going to, uh, I'll be finished. But how should we pray for them? We should pray for them specifically, number one, by name. 
We pray for them specifically by name. And by the way, that may mean that begins in your own home. Uh, one of the things, again, the Lord has burdened me about over the last several months is, you know what, I need to be using technology for my own family. So I've been, I, I've been texting uh, a verse and praying for my children every day. I have three adult children, and I've been praying for them. I send them a verse every day. And, and so all of us, we need to be bringing our children, the younger generation, no matter how, how old they are, uh, before the Lord's throne. We need to pray consistently, consistently for them. We need to pray intentionally, intent on what we're trying to accomplish for them spiritually. We need to pray for them fervently, keeping in mind, what does Paul say? Paul says, he says, I am praying without ceasing. How often? Night and day. And I wonder how many of us can say that we do the same. Well, I hope that we will, and I hope that we can. And of course, we pray expectantly. And as I had talked to you in, in a previous devotional, we pray expecting the Lord will do great things. And we need to pray expectantly that the Lord is going to do a great work among the younger generation. And so, again, uh, I hope that this will be uh, of a challenge to us. Uh, and um, I, I end with this verse. Let us ever be mindful of Paul's exhortation and not be discouraged by all of that. But as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, as he ends that epistle, Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. May God bless.